This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. Do you think that daylight savings time will screw that up? It might. If we quit having that? It could. Well, they're talking about it. I know. It's a possibility. Yeah. Well, you know, just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I'm all for getting rid of it. Ah. Yeah. <clears throat> it, uh, it's kind of confusing anyway. It is. I just barely keep track of time the way it is, and then we change it all. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You're going, yeah. If you don't set your clock back, you won't wake up in time going. Yep. That's right. So, yeah. You definitely miss You'll it. miss out. Yep. Hey everybody, this is episode 8. I'm Canyon Clark here with Nate Burgess, Scott Clark, and Jeff Fry. Tonight we're going to be talking about an article by Mark Luster in the November edition of North American Whitetail called Give Him the Wind. Um, Before we get into that, we'll do our rut report and our field report because we're actually in the rut now. This is the first podcast we've recorded in November, so that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, I want to thank you guys all for listening to the ones that we've done already. This is our Mark's two months for us, so... Hopefully we're doing some good and you guys are enjoying it and all that, but before we get started, like I said, Nate, I know you went tonight. Um, did you, get, you didn't get out last weekend, right? Uh, I did, yeah. Okay. Last and, weekend. And been running some cameras too, so I just, mm-hmm. what have you been seeing? Um, last weekend was a bust. Um, uh, now, I had really had my hopes up for that one. Uh, we had rain, what was it, Thursday and Friday last week? I believe so. Um, I thought Saturday morning would be fantastic. I didn't see a deer, uh, where I was hunting. I don't know. It was really windy. It was really windy. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Um, I was down, uh, looking over a draw. I thought that'd be okay. Uh, it sure wasn't. They weren't moving where I was. Um, went back in there Saturday evening, same story. Uh, then I hunted Sunday evening, uh, next to a stand in cornfield where there had been some action the night before on the cameras. Uh, of course I didn't see anything there. Um, anyway, but it was windy. Um, then, uh, Tuesday the 2nd, um, I went in the morning, did see one pretty nice eight pointer, um, 130, maybe 135. Uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, he's about 40 yards away, uh, worked up a hill toward me. I was hunting a ridge top with a bunch of saddles coming up to it from a draw on each side. Um, I have noticed a lot of bucks cruising there over the years. Uh, he was just messing around. He wasn't, uh, he didn't have his intention set on anything that I could tell. Um, he was picking at acorns. He was picking at browse. Um, he, uh, he wasn't traveling, really cruising or anything. Uh, then today I just saw a bunch of doe action, but last night I did watch probably a three-year-old buck breed a doe, uh, coming home from work. Um, I, uh, stopped to check a little bitty spot that I can hunt, um, there on the edge of town. And uh, sitting there, as I pulled out across the road, I could see a buck right behind a doe, and uh, she uh, she let him breed her. Uh, so I was surprised that was November 3rd. Um, she's got to be one of very few coming in. I would think she's one of the early ones for yeah. sure. Yeah. And you said, I don't know, we talked about that a little bit. You said you couldn't really tell if she was a mature doe or No, or I, could ju- I could just see her back more than anything. Yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, I think he was about a three-year-old buck. Um she could have been a good-sized doe. Um, uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, she was in standing beans. Um, but, yeah, she uh, she was definitely willing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to be one of the few. I would think so. Yeah, I would uh, think. Jeff, uh, 
I know we haven't had a lot of luck in the field, but been getting a few camera videos here and there. So, uh, what about you as far as the last week goes? I know we went that uh, Saturday. Did we go Saturday? Sunday. 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 We went Sunday. And that was a bust. But uh, other than that, I know you've been a couple more times, and like I said, the cameras. So. Well, if I seen one deer driving home after hunting, that's more deer than I seen in the stand. <clears throat> I just ain't had no luck this week. Yeah. And camera has all been uh, nighttime activity. Nothing really a daytime. And just a few scraggly bucks just meandering through. They wasn't really doing nothing but just kind of mm-hmm. nosing around. So, nope, not not a very good report on my end this yeah. week. Uh, the Pretty much the mornings for me have been a bust. I haven't found a morning my morning spot yet. Um, I have not seen a lot of activity. One morning i don't remember what day it was this week now saw a buck right at first light before sun up but after shooting light and he worked his way across the bean field and went on and ended up seeing him on the way out driving out uh three and a half four and a half year old deer but uh the mornings haven't been too good the evenings though been seeing quite a few deer uh, some young bucks out snooping around pushing some does around uh, a few different evenings i saw several young bucks uh, doing some chasing and some nosing and then uh, did see one mature buck heading that somewhere between 40 and 50 yards I, I couldn't range him but like you said like your buck you were talking about uh, he kind of stood up out of nowhere I assume he was bedding in the woods out in front of me and stood up and when I saw him there at however close he got he was picking on brows and kind of looking around and just not really didn't know why he was up at five in the afternoon yet, you know, but he knew he needed to be up kind of thing. Um, didn't have his intention set on much yet, I don't think. Like, he knows it's getting close, but not messing around with the does like the young ones were. Uh, he picked on some brows for a while, turned and walked opposite direction of me. So I let him get out there a little bit, and I, I grunted at him once, and he turned and looked. And, like, he didn't really know what the noise was. He just heard a noise, and then he put his head down and started walking again. And I let him get a little farther and threw another soft gun at him. And he heard that one. I mean, you could tell he looked up and knew what the sound was. Didn't know where it come from. Looked around, scanned across the field, and either didn't see anything or just didn't want any part of it because he turned and tucked his tail and kind of trotted off into the woods. Um, I did see him run across, jog across, well, trot across the bean field later on the other end um, and slip off to the south of where I was at. But he was not either like we talked about last week not one of those bucks that was going to come in and fight based on his personality we'll call it or he just was not in the mood and not ready yet so like i said he wasn't really nosing down looking for does didn't seem like either because there were plenty out in the field around he didn't have much interest in them yet but that was last uh i don't remember what evening that was is early this week so not the last couple of days anyway but that's what I got. I, as far as the shop or what guys have been saying coming in, what you got there? Yeah, uh, this weekend wasn't just a bust for you. I think it was a bust for everybody. I, I expected to have a, a pretty good Saturday-Sunday count and uh, after the cool weather and the rain. It just wasn't, and, and we all went out Sunday in the same kind of deal. Uh, throughout the week, the, the numbers are steady up, and the bucks are the same way. They're, they're steady up as far as size. So it's 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 hap it's happening and it's out there. Uh, if you're not seeing it, it's not because it's not happening. It, it I think it's not full swing, but it but it's it's beginning to happen. And I'm surprised on that doe, but yeah, but yet I'm not surprised really either. Yeah. You know. 
That's the earliest I ever remember uh, seeing yeah. that. Yeah, it, not everybody's um, having as bad a luck as we are. It don't seem like uh, my brother-in-law, Chris, he actually killed his first bow buck, 132 and some eighths inch, eight points. So it was a really nice deer for him. And nice. then uh, uh, my buddy Tyler that I put on our Facebook page, he killed his first uh, good buck with a bow, um, 110, 115-inch, eight-point, you know, good deer for, for him. Yeah, both those so, deer were uh, starting to swell. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't stink. They weren't doing everything that a, a full rut buck does, but they're they're there. They're getting there. Uh, Chris's buck was on Halloween, and he said he just kind of showed up in the fence row at like four o'clock. So it's kind of similar to that deer I was talking about. I think knew he needed to be up, but wasn't really set on what he was doing yet. He was running a fence row. Um, he said he was standing there eating, kind of put his nose up when he got out in the field like they do, and then come by and he shot him. Uh, Tyler's deer, he did say. There was a doe and a younger buck around him. He had a doe come up bed beside him and a younger buck come in grunting, making all kinds of ruckus. And then he said he heard this deeper grunt, which is the buck he ended up shooting, come in grunting and making a lot of noise after that younger buck run him off. And then he shot him at 15 yards. So definitely some action starting to go on. Activity mostly in the evenings from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, our deer counts were really lopsided evening-wise as opposed to morning. Mm-hmm. Which... Uh, we'll talk about it in the next the next week or so before we do the next podcast. The morning should start getting hotter because it's that time of year. Um, I wouldn't give up on my morning stands, and, and we're actually going to get into some of the days you want to be sitting your better stands, so definitely even, even with the weather. Um, and that's what I wanted to get into this article for, um, uh, Give Him the Wind by Mark Luster. Like I said, um, he's talking about you, know, you don't necessarily have to have the perfect wind, but if you have a good enough wind where the deer feels comfortable, but he's still not getting your scent where he's coming from, that'd be a really good time to go in and set that stand. So he talks about some different things that have to do with that. So since this is a time of year we're going to be sitting some of our better stands and hunting some of those borderline winds, I thought it'd be a good article to talk about, and uh, we can go from there. So he starts off, he says, play the wind. <clears throat> How many times have you read or heard that statement as a whitetail hunter? Countless times, I would presume. The question, though, is what does play the wind mean to you? To the masses, it is my belief that it means blow your wind into the open areas where you reasonably reasonably believe that deer are not going to be. Seems like a solid plan, right? For me, however, playing the wind is a little more complicated. He says, my epiphany happened several years back when we had a drought cover the Midwest, especially in my area in South Central Illinois. So by early to mid-September, nearly all the cornfields have been harvested. He says, this was terrible for the farmers, but it provided great opportunities for me to scout deer from a distance. I was able to determine what deer were doing without the normal proverbial sea of standing corn. On one particular farm, I was seeing a bachelor group of bucks hitting the inside corner of a field before dark fairly consistently. On evenings that weren't coming out, that they weren't coming out, I would circle the section looking for what other food sources they were hitting. I never once saw them in any other field which had me confused as to what was going on. So on a whim, I grabbed a notebook and started taking notes. I indicated wind direction, temperature, barometric pressure, etc. It didn't take long to figure out the common denominator that prevented the deer from entering the field was wind direction. On evenings that the wind was blowing in a direction that allowed them to get up and walk with the wind at least quartering to their noses, they would be eating corn before dark. After that, I started looking at other spots where mature deer were hitting fields, and on every single one of them, they were basically doing the same thing. At that point, I figured that I I had just figured out the Whitetail's version of Pandora's box. So I know just from sitting in the woods and watching deer uh, and their movements, 
a lot of times you'll see deer move kind of with the wind, maybe not directly in their face, maybe directly in their face, but kind of blowing at least at an angle from them. Um, and definitely will determine maybe what side of the woods they'll walk down or what fence rows they'll use or what side of the property they may get up and walk to. I don't know what your guys' experience is on that. Uh, I always kind of thought that bucks would use crosswinds or quartering winds. Um, uh, specifically, I've got a couple stands set up. I'm going to hunt them where I'm on the downwind side of a bedding area. Um, I expect him to work that on the, uh, for instance, uh, an east wind. Tomorrow morning we're supposed to have an east wind. Um, I've got a bedding area to the east of me, and I'm on the west edge of it, west of me. Uh, I'm at the break of a hill, and it drops off into a little valley. Uh, so hopefully he will work that top edge and he'll be able to smell anything in that bedding area and he'll be able to see anything down in that draw because he'll stay above it uh, is my hope anyway. And he'd work that hillside right to me. Yeah. Uh, so crosswinds and quartering winds, I think they can be good. I don't think you'll ever see a good buck moving with the wind hitting him in the tail. No. Right. I don't think you'll ever see that. And uh, if you're doing any good tomorrow, you guys might see that because – me and Nate, uh, gonna try to do a little filming in the morning. If, if we can get it done, maybe you guys will see some of that. Yes, um, he was through there in daylight this evening. Yep. Jeff, what are your uh, thoughts on basically the quartered winds or the crosswinds and the buck movement? <clears throat> I don't know. Just the different areas areas that I've hunted, I've seen the bucks use the crosswinds a lot, <laughs> and especially checking bedding bedding areas and field edges and stuff you know they'll use that wind use their nose before they can use their eyes and ears you know and their nose will tell them everything they need to know and that's just i don't know i just i just always went you know and just kind of i can't put it out there just experience or whatever you want to call it but you know just kind of told you where to go and Mm -hmm. when to be there yeah, I think if you think a buck's moving the wrong direction for a wind, he's probably in a swirl. I mean, you better check because the wind's a swirling or something. Because, like you said, the buck's not going to move with the with the wind in his tail. Yeah, rarely, unless he's like you said, uh, wind swirling, or this time of year maybe he's just hot on a doe. He can use some valleys, her, uh, but... ridges, and stuff, and catch that and catch that wind coming in and out of them valleys and and that kind of stuff and. Yeah, if he's moving, he's getting the wind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think those older deer realize they can, uh, with the least amount of work possible, check a large area mm-hmm. if they just go to a few select spots, and they'll probably be able to smell a whole bedding area uh, without picking their way through there, saving time and energy, you know. Yep. And then he can go on to the next one until he finds what he's looking for. Yeah, which is uh, possibly part of the reason why so many uh, so much of the time that mature bucks are generally the ones to find those first does that come in. Um, that three and a half year old may be a different case, or maybe he's the big buck in that area, you know, right now. But uh, a lot of times you'll see those first big mature, first does that come in, they'll have the big mature bucks on them because they find them as fast as any of them. Um, and I think that's probably a lot of the reason why they've learned over the years that they can work downwind sides, use the wind to their advantage for that too, not only for safety. But uh, it makes a lot of sense because that deer I saw the other day that got up, he did work his way to the south edge of that wood lot that he was in with the wind coming out of the north. So he was walking the south side of that wood so he could smell the whole thing, which is part of it, I think, is a, a little bit of a bedding area. 
and and there's a ditch that runs all the way down wherever he needed to be where he could stay on the south side of all that and see everything that was on the upwind side of him or, or the downwind side of him i mean so back to the article he says come october i set out to prove my theory correct unfortunately it wasn't until october 9th that the wind switched to come out of a northerly direction but i was determined to prove what i thought i'd figured out so on october 9th with the wind switching midday out of the northwest i took a hunting buddy to the inside corner to a stand i had in place to go after that bachelor group the funny thing is i set that stand up originally thinking i needed a west southwest or southwest wind to hunt it that sent the wind diagonal out over the cornfield behind where i knew the deer were hitting the field after my light bulb moment I was going to be hunting the same stand but kicking my wind back into the timber some but not in the exact direction where i had seen any deer movement he says my thought process was this if i was right the deer would come up the edge of the log mature timber line which went straight south from the inside corner of the field the largest buck that of that particular bachelor group was a 160 class 10 pointer as the sun set that evening the parade started one buck after another appeared in the field that evening walking directly below us until the one we were after was standing there less than 10 yards away. One well-placed shot by my buddy and we were on cloud nine. That day on that hunt, I found proof that it has forever changed the way I play the wind. So he talks about there, um, he hadn't even originally planned to hunt that stand on that particular wind, but because of the scouting he'd done preseason, he realized that he could get in there that would be the best time to hunt it was on a totally opposite wind from what he set it up from so he talks a little bit in here uh part we're going to skip over about setting up your stands differently we're to the point of the season now your stands are pretty much already set you don't want to go in there and intrude too much right now so maybe not setting your stands right now but thinking about them differently um maybe you got some stands that are set up you think for a south wind that may be more beneficial on a northwest or a, a northeast wind depending on where those deer are moving and when they're uh you know when they're moving through there on those winds um i think yeah it makes a lot of sense to me that especially this time of year to hunt those winds that are not necessarily perfect but you can get away with because if it is blowing in that direction somewhat where that deer is coming from he's going to feel safe but at the same time, he can't smell you. And I think that's going to give you a better chance of seeing that deer because, again, he feels safe moving through there and in the daylight because he can smell everything. So, Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, early in the season, uh, I always want my wind blowing, uh, preferably where I came from, uh, or at least the safest direction, you know, uh, where I'm most confident a deer's not going to get from me, uh, get down there and smell me. But this time of year... I try to change the way I think about it and hunt stands according to how I think a buck would move through there using the wind. Um, no, I certainly don't know uh, half that there is to know about what's going <laughs> through his mind, but I try to change, you know, like you said, uh, not necessarily the safest, but I want to try to capitalize on how I think he's going to be moving through there. Yeah. So he <clears throat> goes on. And he says, he kind of explains about what he uses for when he's setting up the stands. Like, uh, he'll use structure, creeks, fence lines, bluffs, anything that limits a buck from going totally downwind of him. So when he's actually setting up those stands, he'll put them where his wind is still going to blow over something that's going to keep the deer from going straight downwind of him, but where it still may come from that kind of general direction. But anyway, that's the part I want to skip over because we're not really talking about setting up stands right now. He goes on after that and says, how many times have you read or heard someone say the following? 
I hunted this stand the last two days and didn't see the buck I was after, but today he just walked right under my stand in the front of my trail camera in broad daylight. He says, I hear it all the time, and it doesn't surprise me anymore at all. Nearly every time I hear someone make that comment, I ask further questions. Most of the time, I can determine that the hunter is playing the wind, as in only hunting when the wind is blowing into safe territory. What most folks don't realize is that by doing so, you're asking that mature buck to cast aside everything and just waltz out into danger with the wind at his back. I'm sorry, but that just isn't going to happen. Remember, a mature buck uses his nose for, a, for safety to find a mate and to find food. That's it. The reason that bucks walk by tree stands on the days when hunters aren't there are many, but often it's because the buck was playing the wind just as he's done for every day in his entire adult life. So, Nate, that's exactly what you were saying. He ain't going to walk in there on a bad wind just because that's when you're there. And, my golly, I'm going to stand why ain't I see him. You know? Yep. Well, you yep. gotta you got to realize the predator prey. Mm-hmm. We wake up every morning and say, oh, what are we going to eat today? Uh, a prey wakes up and says, what's going to eat me today? Yeah. yeah. And so, so he's still thinking that even though he's got other things on his mind this time of year, ultimately he still says, what's going to eat me today? Yeah. And so he's using that, he's using his nose like he always has. Yeah. They, they always do. Also, instead of just talking about buck movement, you know, during where we think they're going to be moving and we're hunting them and stuff, <clears throat> you got to remember, too, that bucks and does, they bed according to the wind, too. And especially in these small parcels of woods that a lot of us are accustomed to hunting to, you'll find, you know, if the wind's out of the north, well, most of the deer is going to be on the south side of the woods with the wind to their back so they can smell anything that the wind brings to them. But then also looking towards the field and the outer edges, you know, mm-hmm. watching for danger. And so you got to kind of keep that in consideration whenever you're approaching your stand or your hunting area too, is, you know, which way the wind's out of and where them deer's most likely going to be to where you won't spook them before you even get to them. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing we talk about a lot is uh, access. And just because your wind's right in that stand, you may be blowing it right to them when they're bedding on the south side of that woods. Whereas if you're hunting the the wind that you think is maybe not right, but it could be just right for that deer to be moving and just right for you to still be in the stand, um, you know, you're not going to bump them walking in because your wind's not blowing over them walking in. And when you get in the stand, you're still in a good position because it's blowing just enough right that you can get away with it. And I think uh, definitely this time of year, that's something to be thinking about. Um, he kind of wraps this up. He does tell a story about a uh, 209 and 4 eighths inch deer that he killed in 2020 um, in South Central Illinois using kind of this strategy. So he says that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for his way of thinking on this um, when he got in there. And was able to fool that deer on a wind where originally he may not have thought he'd been able to fool him. Um, so I didn't want to get into the whole story of that, but that's kind of like I said, that was the final nail on his in the coffin for for his uh, belief on this. So he he sums it all up. And he says, "Don't trust me. Try it. If you're not utilizing this hunting method, I cannot stress enough how important it is. I hope this article has helped prove how much the tactic has helped improve my white my hunting success rate over the years." He says, it's our job as hunters to take information and utilize it to swing the odds in our favor. So when you take to the woods this season, pay attention when you're hanging tree stands and setting up ground blinds. Remember the tactics I've discussed for playing the wind and watch your mature buck sightings and success skyrocket. So I think there's probably a lot of truth in that. Um, If you kind of change your way of thinking a little bit and not always have to have the perfect wind, 
um, at least on a good day when when you're willing to risk it a little bit, um, you're probably going to see more mature deer because like we've said uh, over and over here, the deer aren't going to come in on a bad wind for them just because it's a good wind for you. Um, you guys got any uh, other thoughts kind of on that article before we get into some other uh, rut stuff that we're going to be doing? I can think uh, of a guy up there at home. He killed a great big mature six-pointer doing uh, uh, kind of what that guy said, you know, um, where it was just barely right for him and just barely right for that deer to be moving the way he thought, you know, he would be doing. And the deer did exactly what he thought he would, uh, picking up that edge, you know. Uh, the wind was just barely right for him, um, and that's where he slipped up. He's a great big old mature buck. Uh, still just had six points. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the kind of deer, you know, that are going to be, that aren't going to be moving on those bad wind days, though. You know, you may still see, you'll probably still see those two and a half year olds, maybe some of those three and a half year olds, but four and a half, five and a half, six and a half, those deer are, are that old for a reason, and they're not going to be moving on a day when the wind's bad for them. Not unless they're real hot on a doe, and they've, I don't want to say throw caution to the wind, but they may be a little bit less concerned about they got something in their nose and yeah. it's more than the wind yeah they're still going to pay some attention to it but those are few and far between and yep. if he's locked up they better both run by you yeah and that that is something that can happen this time of year if he gets on the trail of a hot doe or he's right behind one you may get away with him going downwind of you because as long as you get away with her that's normally what i find this time of year more than anything is i won't get caught by the buck but the doe that he's following will just stop dead in her tracks and he'll almost run into her because he ain't paying attention to nothing but her tail end. Mm-hmm. And she hits that wall, you know, of your wind and she's the one that catches you. But if you can get her by you and he comes by, a lot of times he, like you said, he kind of just throw caution to the wind, no pun intended, and he's all set on her. So there, you can get away with a little bit more this year too, which is why we talked about back in October, you don't want to hunt uh, borderline winds on borderline days. Well, this part of November, there aren't a lot of borderline days. Um, weather good or weather bad uh, might affect how much they're going to move, but these are kind of the days you need to be getting in the stand and hunting hunting pretty hard, regardless of, uh, I don't want to say totally throw everything out as far as the weather and the wind, but you can push it a little more. These are the times that you're going to want to hunt those borderline winds. So that'll kind of wrap up the article part of it. It's a little shorter than what we normally get into, but I thought it was good to, hit on this time of year and lead into some conversation about uh, the first part of the rut so nate you started your rut casing today today yeah. right so uh i want to get your guys thoughts on uh, we talked a lot about in october where some of our favorite days are like the 30th and 31st of october just in the season in general but now that november's here what's maybe your favorite day that if you had one day to take off you're going to take off and go hunt um, in the first couple weeks of November, first through the tenth. Is there a day in there, or is it after that, or um, what are you looking at? Hmm. Um, well, Let's say first through the fifteenth. Okay. Um, uh, last year I killed the buck on the fifth. That's tomorrow. Um, the year before that, 2019, uh, I hit and lost a really, really big one. He'd be my biggest buck to date, uh, but I lost him on the fifth, um, and he was hot on a doe that morning. Um, I've killed one on the 9th, killed one on the 14th uh, in the past. Uh, but right now, November 5th uh, means a lot to me. And we're going to the stand where I killed that buck uh, last year on November 5th. Uh, so we'll see 
we'll see how that treats us. Yeah, and you got one that's uh, using that area too. So yeah, yeah maybe yeah. the stars will align and get it done. That'd be nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're there yeah. for. That's right. Um, so November fifth is kind of your day. Right sounds now, like. that's the day. Yeah, whether you'd yeah. want it to be or not. Heck, you killed two deer there, and well, shot one and killed yep. one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, November 5th, 2019 was just almost a really, really, really good day. Turned into Uh, a really, really bad day. Bad day, yeah. You'll have that. Uh Mine is not necessarily a date. In my business, after the first shotgun weekend, I'm pretty much out of commission hunting-wise for a month. So I have had a lot of success, and and when I mean success, just sometimes it's just a lot of deer moving around. Wednesday before the... Friday first shotgun season, whatever day that falls on. Yeah, the weekend prior, uh, there's a, I don't want. There's a lot of guys that that's the time they have off to go set their shotgun stands. So they're blowing and busting everything Saturday and Sunday. That's bit. I mean, deer just running everywhere out of where they normally are because that's when a lot of guys will set up their shotgun stands. So it takes a couple of days for them to settle back down, and that falls into a Wednesday. And I, I really, if I was going to take one day. And say you can only hunt one day between now and shotgun season. It would be that Wednesday prior. Um, I just had a lot of fun on those days, mm-hmm. so that's been my experience. Yeah, Jeff, you got a date in mind? I know you like Thanksgiving a lot, but uh, uh, like early earlier November, like what we're getting ready to get into, is there a specific day you look uh, at? Or back when I had time to take vacation and stuff, or more time to take vacations than that. Just for hunting, I would always take the week before shotgun, the first shotgun season off. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it seemed like about middle week is when things would really start picking up now. So right around the 10th through the 17th, give or take? Yeah, give or year. take, depend, depending yeah. on the year and how the dates fell and stuff. But I always, <clears throat> I always reserved the week before the first shotgun season for my deer hunting. Mm-hmm. Not, not, that the, not that this week coming up isn't as good oh it may be better i don't know sometimes it's going to be better but but if if you've only got a week yeah yeah that's that's the week to take but this week there's just because you ain't out there don't mean it ain't happening right it's it's going to happen whether we're out there or not this week i I really believe that i think for me uh somewhere around the end of the first week into the beginning of the second week in november so like that seventh to tenth now i've had some pretty good encounters on like the 11th and the 13th as well but i think most of the time um in a good part of the midwest kind of around the 13th 14th 15th is when that lockdown really happens so more does are at that kind of peak estrus of the bell curve of when they come in and go out so the bucks are with a doe and then they don't have to go very far to find another one and then they're just invisible those big mature bucks are because they're going from one doe to the next doe to the next doe breeding as many as they can and it happens generally around the 11th through the 15th somewhere in there which i think is probably leans uh lends a little bit to where you're talking about that would be right around that first weekend before the shotgun season and then that wednesday would be close to when those bucks are having to go back out and search again so kind of that second cruising phase that they go into probably has something to do with that too. And don't forget, like, uh, time changes this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we fall back. And so, I don't know, I just feel like part of that has something to do with it too. It just seems like well, the days are, the getting, days shorter. are getting shorter and the deer are getting more active in the daylight and stuff. And Yeah. 
And I was reading an interesting article on that today. We almost talked about um, what's kind of like what causes the breeding and all that. And like we all know, it's the generally the it, or it is the sh- when the days get shorter and daylight gets less. But there's actually something in their brain, I guess, um, where they can keep track of how much daylight there actually is and how much nighttime there actually is, and that's what triggers all that. So um, whether the weather's right or not for you to be seeing them during the daylight, they're still hitting the rut about that same time of year, every year. It's absolutely, uh, uh, it's daylight hours. I mean, that's what that's what triggers them to put on their winter coat mm-hmm. um, because that first cold snap, they already have to have something there. They can't just go to the closet and put a jacket on. So it's not necessarily temperature. And then we talked about earlier why bucks sometimes don't, deer sometimes don't move mm-hmm. when it's too warm because they already have their winter coat coming on. Mm-hmm. It's not because it's getting cooler. It's because the daylight's shorter, and the deer naturally know, yeah, through evolution that it's going to get cold. I got to be ready. Yeah, there was some cool stuff about their winter coats too. It was talking about uh, because of the gestation cycle has to take place based on the amount of nutrition that's available, and they have to have they have to be bred in a time of plenty, and they have to be um, or right after a time of plenty, and they have to have the babies in a time of plenty. Um, as far as their uh, food source goes and all that. Um, so if you're seeing a bunch of does that have different colored coats because one of them is red and one of them is more of a gray in its winter coat versus its summer coat, that could be because the nutrition is out of balance um, in your area or you have too many does and there's not enough to support all of them, so they're coming in at different times um, based on that. It was a really cool article that we may end up talking about next week. Um, it gets into a lot of stuff about when and why and when. Um, they come in and uh, the peak of the rut, why it is where it is, based on all that stuff. So it was a pretty cool article. But, yeah, everything to do with time of day, and that has to do with when they put on their winter coat and all that, which uh, has to do with how much they move and all that. Do you think that daylight savings time will screw that up? It might. If we quit having that? It could. Well, they're talking about it. It's a possibility. Yeah, well, you know, just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm all for getting rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it, uh, it's kind of confusing anyway it is i just barely keep track of time the way it is and then we change it all the time. Well, that's <laughs> what i'm saying you're going yeah. if you don't set your clock back you won't wake up in time going yep that's right so, yeah you definitely miss you'll it miss out yep but anyway i i thought that was a real cool uh, article that we like i said we'll probably end up talking about it next week um uh another thing they did mention was possibly moon phase would have something to do with it moon phase has a lot to do um, as far as the running, but it definitely has a lot to do with their activity. Um, there's tons yeah. of studies that show how much more they'll move on the or in and around the full moon than, than the new moon and all that. And when it lands and all that has to do with the breeding as, as well. I work with a guy, he, uh, uh, he hunts and he tracks the October moons, uh, very closely. Mm-hmm. And that's when he tries to plan his time off. He's got a certain amount of days after the October full moon. Um, and that, that's how he plans yeah. Um, but I've never hey, nature cycles mm-hmm. and and yeah absolutely yeah there's a what is it is the hunter's moon the one the is the full moon in October right the end of October I believe is what they call it and that has to do with when that lands is what has to do part of what has to do with when they the peak estrus will be in the peak breeding time um, where like last year we had two full moons in October. And the second one had some different name then, or the first one had some different name. I can't keep track of all the moons. But anyway, so that kind of threw things off a little bit because there was a full moon on the 1st and the 31st. 
and then kind of threw things off for where the one was in November and all that. But uh, I think this year it was around the, was it the 25th or the 20th on the full moon? But anyway, um, we'll talk about, we'll, I'll try to do some research on that too and talk about it next week uh, uh, based on where the full moon was in October, what we may be looking for in the coming week. Um, so we can go over some of that stuff too. But uh, back to what we originally started on, favorite days in November. Um, Nate's on the 5th. Towards the end of that first week, um, Jeff you're, and Dad, you're kind of in the right before the second shotgun, and then I like kind of in the same, the same right before the first shotgun. Sorry, right. And uh, I'm kind of in the earlier part of those days, like end of the first week, seventh through the tenth, somewhere in there. But uh, I I heard someone else talking about because you guys mentioned gun season. When the gun season comes in in your particular state, can have a lot to do with your deer activity too, because not only like you said them getting in and setting those stands up a lot of guys that are only gun hunters and they're not bow hunters like the like we are um they're not thinking about messing stuff up um, for bow hunting they're going to go in and they're not setting up stands in september because they're not going to hunt till middle of november anyway so they're going in and putting a lot of pressure just putting their stands up let alone all the pressure that comes with the shotgun weekend so i think i don't know if the deer if that's part of like they know that there's going to be uh, that much pressure at a certain time or if there's any correlation there but like they have to get their breeding in before that or they wait and get the breeding in after that or they it, it just ends up pushing them around so much they get tired from running around and that affects the breeding i don't know but there was a guy talking about how the gun seasons can actually affect um part of the rut too um, and i think it definitely affects well, activity hell you kill all the bucks it's gonna affect something <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i can't believe there are any fawns left this year at all mature bucks around after <laughs> no. last year gee many christmas They've got to know that when the trucks start circling the block at dawn and dusk, they got to know something's coming. Uh-huh. They got to know. And then that, the the orange army comes out. Oh man, that uh, week before uh, gun season, there's so much traffic on the road. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, the back. Not that any deer get shot the week before from the road or anything. <laughs> not that that would ever happen. I know a guy, a bow hunter, uh, doesn't gun hunt. He's got some nice deer hanging on the wall. His favorite time to go was the day after and the second day after the first gun season. His theory was what's left has been ran all weekend, and they've had one day to rest, and then they go back to their normal routine. Maybe they're a little less jumpy, and and he's killed some nice deer with that theory. Man. I don't, you know, I don't know. But yeah. I always – I never had a bunch of luck hunting gun season in general just because and I'm sure it has to do with the places I was hunting. Now, if I'd have hunted last year in Jefferson County, I could have shot three different nice bucks during shotgun weekend. But uh, since all the years prior, I hadn't had any luck. I'd hear more gunshots than I would see deer. Um, for me, always those first couple of days after, it's kind of like they're just so scared to move, they're still laid up. Um, but then you roll around into Thanksgiving, and they've had a few days to rest. I think that's uh, where you, why you see a lot of success there. And they're starting to pick up on those does that hadn't been bred yet. So it's kind of that second rut that they talk about. But those are some days we'll talk about later, too, in, in later episodes. But And it's Thanksgiving, so you get the day off. Mm-hmm. And generally a couple of days. You know, a lot of guys get a couple of days. Yeah. Some guys get... Unless you work in the meat market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you get a half a day off for Thanksgiving. That's right. (laughs) Starting about noon on Thursday. With a short bottle. We'd never do that here. I didn't say here. Oh, okay. Back to kind of where we're at now. Um, Given those days, 
what stand are you going to? Say I, um, I said you had to go to this stand and you had to kill a buck on November 5th. Um, and it, I guess maybe it's where we're going tomorrow. Why is it that stand, what sets up that way for you to want to be there on November 5th? If you had to kill a deer on that day, that's the stand you're picking. Um, or maybe it's not. What stand are you picking to go to? Oh, it'd, it'd just be the wind. It'd, I, I'd pick, well, well, let's say you could you could pick the wind. Yeah. So look, the, the wind's right for wherever you want to be, wherever that perfect place would oh, be. Oh, okay. Um, man, I'm, I'd probably get down. Uh, I'd probably want a southwest wind, and I'd go way back in the back corner. Uh, it's hard to get back there. Uh, but there's two great big long creek systems that meet up at a 90-degree angle. One from the west, one from the north. Big brushy draws meet down there. They meet, and then they go in about 100 yards away. They go into a big 40-acre patch of timber. That bottleneck right there is just unreal. Uh, thick down there. It's a little bowl there in the bottom uh, before it opens up into that timber. Um, that wind swirls bad. It's hard to get back in there. Um, but uh, just the travel corridors that meet up right there is just uh, you couldn't pick a better spot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the chances of actually getting back in there uh, with them, you know, safe uh, without blowing them all out, man, it's difficult. Uh, but the amount of deer that move through there searching, you know, um, in this cruising phase, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I guess what I'd be looking for is similar to Nate's. Um, if I could find uh, a good travel corridor where you had some either – there's one spot that comes to mind for me that I can hunt um, where these it's got four fence rows that come in and they all meet and it's south of a bedding area. So if I could have a good, it's actually southeast. So if I could have a good northwest wind um, that was blowing down from that bedding area, I would probably be in there um, on those fence rows because they'll come and use those and cruise those fence rows. It's out in the open. It's really the only structure in that area. Um, it's up off of the bottom ground, so there's a lot of big deer that use that area anyway. Um, that rut, the rut kind of pulls them up out of there. I'm looking for does. But other than that, if I, if I could find a good ridge line that was on the downwind side, like a high ridge that was on the downwind side of a bedding area, where they could run that and smell the bedding area and look down over the hill, um, maybe a creek coming through there somewhere uh, ahead of a ditch kind of area. Um, something in that is what is where I would be going. Um, of the spots I have, like I said, probably that fence row. There is one other that comes to mind where um, I saw quite a bit of activity. It's one of the places I saw some good young bucks here uh, last weekend. It sets up, it's got bedding to the south and bedding off to the northeast. And they kind of run, it's just real thick autumn olive stuff. I got a couple food plots in there. And they just kind of cruise through it, and the bucks will come in there and check for does. Could be any time from 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night, middle of the day. Doesn't matter. They'll cruise through there and look for does. Um, I can blow my wind right over a, a lake or a pond that's right beside me. And kind of like what the article was talking about, I can have the right wind for the deer to come and still be blowing it over that pond, and they're not going to get downwind of me. Um, but they're still going to be comfortable moving. Uh, Originally, I had hunted that stand based on a south wind because the way I walk in is to the south, but it actually sets up better now if I hunt that northwest wind where it's blowing over the pond, but that's another place I'd probably be looking at. Um, you got anything that comes to mind on like a best spot you would have, you would like to be? I, I've had 
like on that Wednesday, the place I hunted a couple different times, it was always uh, uh, maybe 30 yards inside the timber overlooking a 20-acre uh, weed patch. And it seems like there was a, a couple of little ditches run in there and the bucks would cruise up that kind of stay hidden in or kind of stay in the timber a little bit until they felt good about getting out in the open they could smell they could kind of smell the field definitely could see the field and the, the timber was open so they could kind of see through there and but but yet it was still say 30 30 40 yards inside the inside the woods i had a lot of luck doing that mm-hmm. so that's kind of the stuff we're going to be looking for, I guess, over the next week and some of the days we like. Uh, the article, like I said, be thinking about that with your wind. Don't necessarily count a standout just because you have it set up for a certain wind. Maybe take a second look at it now that you've heard what that guy has to say. Um, and look at it from that angle. You may be missing out on one of your best stands potentially on some of the best days. Um, if, you, if you've got it set up for it, it could be good on one of those winds you didn't think of before. Um, Hopefully you guys will have some success and see quite a bit of deer because I think the best days are still ahead of us. Um, we're going to be out in the woods as much as we can. I know, like, Nate, you're on your vacation, so you're going to be hitting it pretty hard unless you kill out in the first couple of days or something. Highly unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's all I got for tonight. Guys, you got anything else to add? All right. That'll do it. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys again next week. <laughs>